Welcome back to The Francisca Show, a Jewish coffeehouse podcast where we encourage fellow artists and entrepreneurs to collaborate and support each other while sharing their stories. I am Francisca, a singer, composer, music producer, coach, and also your host. Thank you so much for coming back and thank you so much to all of you and you know who you are who have been reaching out to me and starting up the conversation, introducing yourself to me. Every week there are more and more women out there and some men and I love hearing from you. Just before I introduce the Dobby interview that we did last week live on Instagram and Zoom and we had probably 250 people watching live which was so so amazing. The topic is five mistakes that you should know about and avoid that Dobby Baum has personally experienced. Anyway, I want to talk about my challenge that's happening next week. It's completely free and is designed specifically for art, music, dance, and vocal teachers who already have existing businesses and want to earn and learn how to earn an extra $1,000 a month or just $1,000 extra dollars. Or if you're thinking of starting a creative business, this challenge might be for you. It's a free four-day training with some friendly competition and motivation and accountability. So I hope you do join. If you'd like to, please message me or email me at franciscacadgmail.com. Send me your email address via message and let me know you want to join. And without further ado, enjoy the show. Davi, this has been such a long time coming. I'm so happy you're on the show finally. And I'm so excited to really go into your story and share your story with everyone. And I hope everyone who knows you already will get to know you a little better. So welcome to the show, Davi. Thanks. It's such an honor being here. Like, seriously, I'm, I'm really excited. <laughs> and nervous, but, you know, like... like You're nervous. <laughs> yeah, Where's that coming I get, from? I get nervous. Really. <laughs> I don't blame you. The jitters never really go away. Well, somebody, A.B. Rottenberg just said, you know, with, with age, they go away. Really? Uh, we'll see. You know, when I'm a grandmother, I'll let you know if they go away. Just want to give a shout out. Hi to my mother that's watching from London, and I see my nieces there. Oh, I'd love to see more. On Zoom. Hi, Mommy. This is awesome. Hi, everyone. Everyone who's watching. This is really hard for me to keep track of and see more and be more interactive. I'll try. But okay so let's just get started here uh to anyone who does not know so much about you or even if they do give us a little bit of a background on your background how you where you grew up and the accent a little bit gives it away but tell us where you grew up and how did you get started in the arts okay so i grew up in london um i actually was born like in Stamford hill london but i moved to Edgware when I was seven years old. Um, it was a really big move. It was like an hour away from where I went to school and, you know, community and family and everything. Um, and I lived there till I got married. Um, and Edgware is such an amazing community. I grew to love it. The beginning was really challenging and hard. Um, and now I look forward to coming back to London and visiting like every time, like going to Edgware, my favorite place, like more than going back to Stamford Hill, which was my original hometown. Edgware is just beautiful. Um, and how did I get into the arts? A very, very simple, actually. I'm the youngest of 10 and my parents are both musical. All my siblings are, it kind of fell on me. Like, yeah. So tell us more. What did that look like? You started taking music lessons. So, How old were you? So it, it started with singing. I used to, like, from kindergarten, since I remember, I always had, like, a lead solo or sang, like, a song by myself at graduation or shows. Or, like, they always, like, kind of chose me to sing. I already knew how to sing harmony from the age of five. I remember being in this, like, kindergarten choir and I sang harmony, like, in a mic. <laughs> I, I learned it from my siblings, literally, like Friday night, I used to watch my sister singing and I just copied them. Um, and so like, I was kind of like a child soloist since I grew up, I didn't take lessons. I learned breathing techniques from my brother and my, my mother taught me. Um, and 
like our family weren't like well off so it's expensive to take music lessons and all that you know um we had to like earn our you know if, we, if my parents so we really wanted something badly and we worked hard for it then they you know then they helped us get there like when i was old enough like in, a teenager my mother paid for my piano lessons when i wanted to learn because she saw i was really serious about it you know um not just sending us like some you know um and voice lessons actually i only started training professionally when i was 16. before that i didn't train professionally i was just singing everywhere like i remember singing at these big fundraising events by myself or sometimes i had a partner like either my sister or i had a classmate of mine who used to like kind of be my partner in singing um but since i'm like 11 or 12 years old i used to sing by myself at events without being trained um and then i decided to train professionally because i i knew i wanted this to be my future like i knew singing was my thing although i am a qualified pianist i do like i went through a music school called abrsm um and i like thought about being a pianist but then like i didn't really know how to be a pianist in the firm female jewish world like i thought singing is gonna be more of a thing i know some people might think it's hilarious because like where would singing take you in the front female world but i had this thing like singing will take me somewhere um but piano i didn't i didn't really know where it will take me so i kind of i play all the time um i give piano lessons but it's kind of my side thing singing is my focus basically wow. so you're also known as someone who is a choir director so how do you transition well tell us a little bit about how you came to america but also so, okay yeah so let me tell you about how i came to america so um tell me if i'm interrupting no you're great you're great <laughs> okay <laughs> i have to remember i'm not the host <laughs> um so i married an american we started off in london um he didn't like london my husband um, if a, for an American to live in London is very different. It's like this loud, busy New York City boy coming to live in London, which is quiet and polite and, and you know, like all the stores close early. It was like, it was, it was a big kind of culture shock for him. Um, and he didn't have any friends there. And I saw like, he didn't really love it. Um, we did plan to move to America, but he did say like, you know, if I, want to stay longer in london i can like i don't have to move straight away but i saw he wasn't really happy in london so we moved and we made the right decision um we love it here Baruch Hashem. he has his friends here i made some new friends and actually my very close classmate that we were friends since kindergarten also moved here so i have her shout out to gitty she's watching um we literally like live near each other. It's amazing, like to have a classmate that actually did the same thing as me, you know, moved cross country um, over the ocean, thousands of miles away, but it's hard. I miss my parents a lot. I love my parents and miss them. Yeah. And you know, side points, I love adding these in. I find that husbands or men, they are, you know, they need their click. They can't just like move to a whole new place and start over. Women for some reason will we'll make you like, friends yeah. wherever we are. It's true. Like I have a click actually, like with with five, five of us. We were like before when I was single, we used to travel everywhere together. Like I have these cute little photo books of stuff we did together. Like I really have a click. But you know what? We connect over video call or over the phone. Like nowadays it's fine you have email you have video call like you could connect with your friends I'm, I'm more flexible to making new friends and having the old as well whereas it's true the men need their chevra you know <laughs> they need the minion they go to the minion they don't. yeah he, he like really didn't like the shul in london he, he was like i don't have any friends there he felt lost you know he, yeah. he has his people so you come to a brand new country and you're already singing, which is, you know, out of the box. How do you build yourself up here and get so, you know, well-known and 
we'll talk about your project as we go along. But so it, it was really hard. I felt like a nobody. I came off the plane. I would say the first year, I, I thought like, what on earth happened? Like in London, I was full time busy. I had to reject jobs. I was like literally busy, busy, busy all the time. Every event I was part of. Um, and I came to America and like, there were no phone calls. My phone was dead. Like, hello? <laughs> it was really weird. And, and it was hard. I, I, I was sad. I used to cry a lot. My husband knows that. <laughs> um, he, but he was great. You know, he, he, he told me, don't worry. Like it's, it's going to come. There are lots of people and it did, you know, Baruch Hashem. I, I would say even bigger and better than it was. So it was worth it. Um, and how I got my name out, actually, the, I literally, I landed to, like, I landed in the USA and my mother-in-law got me a substituting job in a school to teach drama, English, language arts. And I, like, came into that school building. I had no idea what an American school was like. It was weird. I taught there for six weeks. It was like someone's maternity leave job. So I taught there for six weeks and I actually did a play with them. Like uh, we did, I did additions, like we did, I did, made a whole play with them because I love acting as well. Um, and those six weeks, I got to know people like in, in the teaching room, like connections, example, like one of the people that worked there was an assistant in Rachel's Play Show Productions. So like I found out about Rachel's Play Show through that. They found out about me because they saw I was a teacher teaching drama and I was singing there and they kind of heard me. Um, and then I had a job in the summer. I was a music director in Camp Palgay. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it, it, yeah. they don't have it. They don't have it anymore. It, it was for about five years before me. Um, Shane Dillon Tallis was a music director there and Bracha Jaffe and Marky Ginniger. Um, and then I came to America and I was a music director in that same camp and I made a concert and I think kind of working putting myself with random stranger people that kind of put me out there like word of mouth i remember my first gig after that summer was like some hanukkah party from someone who heard that i was in camp palge like you know word of mouth like advertising being something new like i don't always feel it helps like word of mouth i think usually is pretty it's strong it, it's it's stronger yeah, because they, 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 they could attest, you know, they, they've seen you, they've heard you. Um, it was hard. It wasn't easy. You know, anyone who moves um, countries or says, like, the grass is green on the other side, it's not easy. You can't just get out there. It takes time. I mean, I've, I'm here for, like, over four years now. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that, that's pretty new. And, it yeah. is. It is. Yeah. And I still feel like, I'm, I'm every day, like, you know, I still feel like I'm growing all the time. 100%. So take us through your first big musical accomplishment or your steps. So you start, you, I know you write your music. Did you start out writing your music? How did yeah. that translate into an album? And then tell us how that connects with choir directing, because now okay. you have your own choir. It's not within right. an organization or school. Right. So, so my choir is it's not like a music school that like whoever wants to be in the choir. Like, I didn't want that. That wasn't my vision. I didn't want to be busy with opening a music school. I, I want to focus on me being a singer. Now, what every singer dreams of is having a backup choir to back them up. I, it, it's not really seen much in the firm female music world. Like usually the firm female singers are solo singers, but I see the men in, in the men from world the singers, you see them always with a backup choir, right? Like Shira choir, Zmiris, like, you know, they all have their backup choir. And I'm like, hey, there's, there's no choir. Like if I want to have this professional concert and, and be the solo singer, I want a choir backing me up. That would be really cool. Um, so what do you do? You open up a choir. Um, <laughs> and the choir has to be like really um, good and good singers, people that like, catch on harmonies quickly because I teach them a lot of harmonies and 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 that was kind of what led me to opening the choir like I just I wanted something to help my singing career flourish and others as well you know um so 
and I also wanted to produce an album and an album sounds so much better with a choir in the background. Like I gave out a single um, on a pre-single before my album and I'm the main, I'm the lead vocal, but then I have my choir like backing me up. It just sounds so amazing. Like way better than, than, than hearing a solo person singing. I can't explain it. Like it's just having a choir there. It just, it takes it to a whole nother level. And there wasn't that in the from female Jewish music world. There wasn't, there was no choir. Um, so that really was my vision. And about songwriting, so I used to write my own songs, but I never shared it with anyone. I was afraid. I kind of like, I had a little book and I used to, you know, just keep it hidden in a bedroom drawer. Um, and then I married my husband and he is a composer. And I actually brought him out like to release his songs. And that brought me to bring out my songs. We kind of like were a team. Like he said, let me hear your songs. And I'm like, no, no, you're way better than me. And he's like, no, no, no. sit down by the piano and, and sing your song. And I sang my song and he was like, wow, this is really good. Um, and we were like a team. The album is, is literally a, like a team project. And you self-produced everything. How did you set up your studio and learn how to do all that stuff? So it wasn't self-produced. So luckily I have a brother Gershi Schwartz, who has Edgeware Studios. Have you heard of him? Yes. So he is really big in the men from music world. Um, and he was my producer of the album. And he told my husband how to build my studio. Literally, like, came here, sound check. Because he didn't let me record the choir or myself if the room wasn't good. He's like, I'm not going to produce a CD if the audio quality is bad like no if you want you want me to produce a CD your studio has to be sad well and he always tells me like it's not about how expensive your equipment is that doesn't matter it's about how the room is set up the sound that that is more important than buying the most expensive products in the market that's not gonna help you you have to really know if the sound is good so he came into the room and like like you know like he does like ah ah like in all sides of the room <laughs> Um, and he told us like what curtains to have and what products. And I really give a big shout out to my brother Gershi because he, yeah, I don't know what I would do without him. He helped, he helped my, my husband set up the studio and, and he produced my album and I did pay him. Um, it wasn't like, I want to tell you something with family and business, you can't put them together. It's two separate things. You want to use family for your business, you pay them. And that way you'll have a good product. Because if you're going to use up your family, do things for free, it's not worth it. You'll never have your product out. You know, he's professional. He works with all the professional singers. Why should he do me a free album if he has better offers? You know, he'll push it to the side. And we, 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 we really, we took out loans. We paid him properly. We paid everyone else. It was very expensive, but that's how you get a good product out, you know? 100%. And, you know, I always say you pay, it's either you pay with money or you pay with time or other things. Like, nothing's free. So, you know, here you chose money over using up a relationship or having to be on his back burner forever. So I love how you spoke about and, that. And you know what the good thing was? Because I paid him, if he's watching now, I didn't mind nagging him and telling him, like, okay, the deadline is tomorrow. I didn't mind because I knew I'm paying him. <laughs> so that was yeah. cool. It's an empowering thing. I also just want to go back to what you said before. I really love that. You said, you know, I wanted a choir because I wanted to sing and have a choir. You know, <laughs> I'm so used to hearing women talk like, there's no Jewish this, there's no that. We need to create it because other people need it. And that's great. And that's how new things happen. But it's just so refreshing to hear someone say, you know, I wanted a choir to back me up. So <laughs> that's how we did it. So go girl, go woman. Yeah, like just follow your dream. I don't know. It's very cliche, but it's true. And I want to, since you brought up this whole business thing and the paying relationship, I want to go into that a little more. I love to do this on a podcast because I feel like hearing the stories and how women are inspired or talented and how they go, I'd like to break it down for everyone listening to show really how 
it's it's very tedious it can be very expensive there's a lot of like stuff going on in the mind with confidence and with negotiations and that's not simple and that's something everyone can learn from whatever they're doing whether it's something in the arts or something you know completely unrelated so i like to go into that and break it down and break down the whole celebrity thing down to you weren't always there you you weren't always someone who posted something and a bunch of people just latched onto it and watched it and signed exactly. up. So tell us how, what it was like in the beginning and maybe transition into, I don't know where exactly you're going to go with this, but what are your biggest challenges right now? The big, are you talking about social media aspect? Well, with it could be anywhere, but I, so I don't, I don't know yet what your challenges are. <laughs> so once you talk about it, I'll be able to ask a little more. Okay, so I would say my biggest challenge, like now, was the virus. <laughs> was was really big challenge for me. I thought, what's going to happen? I, I was meant to do this big concert on Pesach, and all my plans fell through, and I couldn't do it because of the virus. And, and it's still lunging over our heads. We're like, is it going to happen on circus? Like, we don't know. You know, back Pesach time, I was like, for sure, circus, we can have the concert. But right now, what things are looking at with the mayor and everything, it doesn't look like it's going to happen on circus. You know, Broadway said they're only opening up in January 2021. So it's like, what's going to happen? Are we going to have to go virtual? Like, we, we work really hard. I will tell you, my girls in the choir, they're exclusive. I picked them. There were additions. I didn't take everyone. I have these 14 exclusive girls, and they're really good. And Mayan Davis is the choreographer. And we trained for a whole year to perform for this concert, which it should be, like, professional, top, top. Um, and the concert didn't happen. And now what's going to happen? Circus, like, I want I want them to have the concert. They've, they've earned it. They worked hard. And it's, it, that is my biggest challenge right now. It's, it's like, I don't know what's happening, Circus. No one knows. Um, so we have to do backup plans. Maybe we'll have to be a virtual concert. And it's hard because I didn't want it to be a virtual concert. There's nothing like having that audience, that feel, that feedback. You know, when you're singing on that stage and the audience are cheering you on, you feel so much better rather than being in front of a video camera. You know, it's that oh, that 100%. is that is my biggest challenge right now. And With, how about your challenges starting out? Um, my challenge is what like right now, starting out. Stop starting now. When <laughs> when you were starting out, what were your biggest? Oh, challenges? starting out. See my accent. <laughs> Sorry about that. Starting out sound like starting now. No, starting out. Starting out. Okay. Should I cut this out after, or is it fun to keep this in? <laughs> um, okay, so I had two times that I had to start out. Starting out in London, and then when I moved, starting out in America. Um, so that was, that was hard. So starting out in London, much easier, because I grew up there, so people knew me since I'm a little kid. Um, so the gigs that I got there were people that, you know, saw me growing up performing, word of mouth, very easy. Not easy, but compared to now, yes, I call that easy, you know? But starting out in America was very, very tough. And the challenges there was, I don't really have family here. Um, beside, like, my, I have two brothers now, but that wasn't back then. Um, like, I really didn't have anyone. And, and so you can't have protexia because you have no family. So that doesn't work. You're all alone. I didn't have friends. So you're all alone over there. You know, I just had, I had my husband, um, which was great, but for the firm female singers world, like he can't get me a gig, you know? <laughs> um, so I opened up a social media account. My sister encouraged me, my sister for me. Hi for me if you're there. She, um, I'm so grateful to her. She said, open up an Instagram account. And I was like, what is Instagram? I had no clue what Instagram was. I was like, not in that world. Um, and she's like, yeah, it will help you. You know, you'll put yourself out there. People will hear about you. And, and I had no clue how to use it. I opened up an account. I used to post 
um, videos of my fingers playing piano. I never showed my face. Um, and, and yeah, I got, I don't know. I didn't even know what likes was. Like, I had no clue. Until like probably a year after opening my Instagram account, I slowly saw what other accounts were doing. And I, and I, you know, and then like I decided to kind of copy other people. Like, how are they posting their stuff? And I saw people show their faces. So I'm like, oh, you know what? Maybe people want to see my face. They don't only want to see fingers, you know? So I started showing my face. And I, I would say, since I started showing my face on there, I had more people reaching out to me and I actually got concert bookings and gigs through Instagram. Like, people used to, like, DM me and say, like, oh, can you come to our Hanukkah party? Our, or we're making a big birthday party. Someone's turning 60. Um, you know, my mother's turning 60. Can you sing for our birthday party? And through Instagram. Um, and then once you do these small gigs, your name goes out. So really, I thank, I'm very thankful to Instagram. I never thought I would be, but I am. And my account has been private all the way along and still is because of Kal Isha. I'm very um, into keeping Kal Isha in that way. I know like there are lots of, different ways of keeping it like everyone has to ask their own rub for some people it's totally fine to have a public account and saying like really um everyone has to really ask their own guidance um that's very important so my my rub and my guidance told me that i could have an instagram account no problem i could sing my heart out but it should be private and i should look through all the all the people that request me make sure they're female um so i've, I've stuck to that and sometimes it's a challenge. I'm like, you know, I could have like 20,000 followers if I would be public. I've declined so many people over the past four years. Um, and I keep on even going through my followers and deleting more people that I'm not so sure about them. Like they changed their name, you know. So that is a big challenge. But Baruch Hashem, I would say in the last year and a half, I, I feel like I've kind of grown a lot on Instagram. Um and got become friends with other singers. That was amazing. A network. I've never had that before. You know, I was all alone. So now it, I think the sisterhood has become a thing lately. The connection totally. between female singers. That is absolutely amazing. So. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm curious, you know, when people invite you to events with Instagram, how do you work with uh, pricing yourself and negotiating? Do people, do you just give out a price and they say yes? Do they usually, you know, want a discount out of you? What would you say your experience has been? Okay, so here is where the topic of the show was five mistakes singers should never do, right? Yes. Oh, so, I totally so forgot. This, the answer, so the answer of this is a mistake. Okay. So a mistake that I did. So I used to um i used to like try and do free gigs so that i can get my name out there when i was like let's say let's say three and a half years ago when i just moved um and that was a big mistake because then people used to reach out to me and be like oh you you didn't charge her so can you sing for me and i'm like yeah but now i do charge and like yeah but you didn't charge that person and that was like the biggest mistake ever and then so so then like you know i started charging a little bit and then i started raising my price slowly and people was because i was so cheap people were still like but you only charge that person this amount so please give me that discount and people weren't valuing me it, it was very like i felt i felt like that they're, they're paying the caterer they're paying the photographer they're paying the whole and me the singer like they don't care and and i felt very like I, I didn't feel valued and I was working hard and it's my business, my pranasa, and I should get paid like anyone else, you know? They shouldn't look at it like, a, some people look at a singer as if it's something else. No, you, you wanna pay your lawyer, you pay them full price, right? You wanna pay a singer, you pay them full price. So what I did was I decided to get an agent because when you have an agent, the agent speaks for you and you don't have to have that trouble of dealing with people that want you to sing for free. The agent can speak for you and make your price and it's much better. So here's my mistake. I wanted an agent. So random people on Instagram reached out to me 
can I be your agent? And I was so innocent. And one person persuaded me like all the way that she's going to be the best agent and she's going to take over my page and she's going to rebrand me. And I fell for it. And it was the biggest mistake ever, but it was a good mistake because I learned my lesson. She hacked my account, deleted all my followers, deleted all my posts, literally messed me up. So then I was like, okay, I need to get agent that I know. But I don't know anyone. I have I don't know anyone. I'm living in a place and I don't know anyone. So how do I get an agent? I have no idea. I went through a couple of people. Finally I landed my my agent now that Baruch Hashem, she's amazing. I'll give her a big shout out. I love her. She's so good with all all my all the people that book me now. She's so she's firm. She's technical. She's she's good. She gets them to pay their deposit. She's amazing. Shout out to Khumi Weber, who is now my agent. She, how did I get her? She's been my secretary for the Brooklyn Girls Choir for over a year. And I trusted her so much because she worked with me for a whole year that I was like, you know what, Khami? I want you to be my agent. I trust you. You're my friend. And I feel like I want to tell this to anyone out there. It doesn't only have to be a singer. If you are type of like a self-hiring job that you need an agent, you have to take someone who knows you your friend, someone you trust, it can't be a stranger. If you take any random stranger out there, it's scary. It really is scary. They can mess up your name. It's really, it's it, a, an agent is some, someone you have to trust. It has to be a good friend. Um, and I, that I went through so many mistakes with agents until I finally landed mine now, Baruch Hashem, and she's amazing. So I'm very and she takes a percentage. She takes a percentage. Takes, of yeah, commission basis. So I did my research before and I spoke to the other singers and they're all like, yeah, agents take commission basis. Um, and yeah, but it's worth it because I don't have to deal with a headache of people asking me to sing for free because my agent stands by the number, you know? Absolutely. You have a gatekeeper that, protecting you. That's her job. Like, because I, I could, you know, the, the artsy people like us, we get emotional sometimes <laughs> and we're like, oh, I'm so sorry. You want to have a discount? Okay. You know, but the agent is firm. Oh, yes. Um... It's, it's very important. And, 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 you know, there are some people like from abroad, like I know in America, it's very common to have an agent, but like in London, it's not. And people are like, ooh, you're so fancy. You have an agent. I'm like, it's not fancy. It's needed. It's a necessity. Yes, and it's crazy how you had to like totally start from scratch. I mean, for anyone listening out there, very often, if something sounds too good to be true, very often it is, if it's coming from a stranger. So that's the difference. If something's too good to be true, but you trust and know a person, that's a whole different So situation. that is a mistake. Never take a stranger to be your agent or to help you build your business. Don't trust strangers. They're not there to help you. Yes. So that was yeah. a really big mistake. Yeah. So moving on to mistake number three, what would you say that is? And okay, so five. another mistake, equipment for a singer, okay? Now, men are very lucky. They hire a man singer and you come there and you have a full band, the Freiluch band or the whatever band, you know? Um, and they have all the equipment, the best top notch. But us from female singers, no, we don't have a band hired. They're hiring you for a gig. It means you have to bring your mic, your speaker, your backing tracks. And and a big mistake is to rely on whoever's hiring you that they're going to have a good speaker system and a good mic. I, I did this mistake. I did it even recently, very recently, even if I knew it was a mistake and I still did it. And I have to keep on reminding myself, no, I need to make sure the sound system is good because if you have a bad sound system and a bad equipment, you're not going to sound good to the crowd. So what's the point? So I slowly invested. I bought my own mic. I bought my own speaker now. Um, you, you need your own little mixing box to make sure that you have good, you know, sound. And, and it's expensive. And you're thinking, like, why do I have to buy all this equipment? I'm just a singer. But because we're in the firm female singing world, we're not men. And we don't get the bands. And we have to bring our own equipment. It's, it's a necessity. Again, it's a mistake to 
to take a job and just rely on them, they're going to have this speaker and the mic. And then you arrive to the hall and the mic is half broken and the speaker keeps on static and cutting out. And, and what? Like, so very nice they're paying you to sing, but then you don't sound good on all the videos that people are taking of you. So yeah, that's a big mistake. Don't rely on the equipment of the people that hire you. If you want to use their equipment, no problem. Make research, ask them, send me a screenshot of your speaker, send me a screenshot of your mic, send me a screenshot of your mixing books. And that is the only way, you know, that you can trust it, but don't just take it for granted. Oh, they have a speaker and a mic. Perfect. Cause I've gone through those mistakes and yeah. I just, it was so upsetting because I knew I sang well and then I see on the video it sounded terrible impossible but sometimes you know you you can't perform and manage your own speaker system sometimes you do need a second pair of ears or somebody who's just not right. performing to be manning everything so what I do is when I when I go to local gigs like let's say upstate New York now in the summer or, or here even in New York, what I would do is my husband would come with me, help me set up the speaker and the mic and I would do a sound check with him before the crowd event. So he would stand in all four corners of the room, tell me if I sound good and like adjust the volume and, and my husband would be my tech guy. But I know there are some people that hire tech guys and that makes you more expensive. So it's a little tricky because someone's not gonna wanna pay you more money because you're paying for a tech guy you know so it's, it's tricky so in the long run it's worth it to invest in your own equipment as a firm female singer have your own mic have your own in ear pieces have your own speaker um and and in the long run it's just worth it because you'll sound good and you won't have to pay for a tech guy every single time you could even speak to a tech guy and have presets on your mixer so when you go to a, a, a gig, you know, you sound good already, you yeah. know, like, um, that was a very big mistake that I've been doing until very recently. I relied on equipment from other places. Yeah. Big thing, big thing. And, and it's, it's not easy because I travel to gigs. Like I was traveling the past month and I couldn't take my speaker with me on the plane, but you know, what? next time I would do, I would pay for overweight and take with that speaker because it's worth it to sound good. I'm just so fascinated. I, I just wonder if men really don't deal with that. I mean, they the bands have to bring They don't go through they... that. The men singers, they put on their suit and they go to a gig. Show up. <laughs> <laughs> and they don't even have to do their hair and makeup. Oh no, no dresses. <laughs> um, they don't even have to worry about babysitting because automatically their wife is just gonna babysit. So let me ask you about this now that you brought it up. Do you feel like women should get paid more because it costs them so much more to be on a stage than a man? 100% yes. But let's see what will happen. Yeah. That's a topic I'd love to explore more. And I love it. I more. my mother laughing. It's, I love that. She knows, like, I'm always telling her, you know, the men, like, they just go to the gigs, they put on their suit, and, and they could even have, like, a, a white shirt tucked into their pants and they don't have to look good. They, they could be any size they want. They don't have to worry about their weight and, and, and they're fine. They're good singer. And here us with the ladies, we have the pressure of having the perfect dress and looking good and, and no extra flesh sticking out. Like you have to be skinny and I'm not, I'm like the fat singer. <laughs> um, with, uh, men don't have women problems in singing and I feel like us women do deserve more money but let's make it happen slowly we can if we all stick to our prices us women singers and we slowly bring up the prices together like if only one singer is gonna bring up the price it's not worth it because someone they're gonna hire the cheaper singers all the singers together kind of have to have to get together make a big meeting and we all have to raise our prices and stick to it. And if we do that, we could change the world. We could. I, I've been saying this forever. I think we should organize a Zoom meeting with everyone. Yes, literally. Or, because yes. If, 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 if we don't pick up our prices, they're never going to value us. 
like like a, like a singer is meant to be. I mean, if you want to bring in Mordechai Shapiro, he's fifteen thousand dollars, and and no problem because someone will want Mordechai Shapiro and they'll pay it to him. But we, why aren't we as good? I think we're great. I think we're awesome singers. And when I'm on that stage, I'm using up my energy, and and I had babies, you know. <laughs> totally. Well, uh, someone just asked, and I think it's interesting. It's not fair. Why do we, as women who want to book women as singers, have to pay more? Uh, well, it's not necessarily. We, I, I think we're just asking to be paid what men get paid. Yeah, yeah. we're not yet at the more. We're we're no, still- no one is. No one is. Yes. And to whoever posted what's a gig, a gig is a job. That's a creative oh. job usually. <laughs> um, I know. I get that all the time. Like, it's very quick language. I'm like, let's say I'm talking on the phone to one of my siblings. I'm like, oh, I have a gig in like 10 minutes. So I have to put down like, what's a gig? <laughs> it's just so easy to say. It's like quick words, you know? And this is not about feminism. This is talking about in reality what's and somebody brought that up what's available what opportunities are available to the jewish from women and what is not and we're breaking down all this like oh daphne brown she has a million thousand followers and she's so amazing and so famous um no it comes with a lot of challenges there are a lot of obstacles we do not have the opportunities men do so this is why this conversation is happening because if you're 12 or 14 and you're watching this and you're like i want to be daphne when i grow up this is something you want to know when you're 12, because there, there's no illusion here of, of um, you know, they're, they're, we're not going to have Jewish chuppas you're going to be singing at. That's the bottom exactly. line. Um, okay, so we have, I think, mistake four and five left. I haven't, yeah. Okay, so another, another mistake. Um, hold on, I have to remember. <laughs> um, oh, okay. This mistake is never you know there's like a lot of singers okay well now i can say that a few years ago no i couldn't say that that there were but i think now there's quite a lot of from female singers out there um and sometimes you can self-doubt and you can you can watch them singing on a, on a video and you'd be like am, am, am i good like oh my gosh she's singing like that, that high note or like oh my she sounds so soft or like oh my she sounds so powerful don't self-doubt your voice everyone's voice is different and why are people hiring me for my voice they're not hiring me for someone else's voice so the biggest mistake is to start trying to copy being someone else's sound don't do that be your own sound if someone is hiring dubby bound it's because they want dubby bound sound if someone is hiring dot 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 because they want that sound you know it's what's the point you, you you shouldn't try and be someone else be your own singer if you have a really powerful voice keep that power you be you people should know you you're the power if you have that soft gentle voice keep it because people are going to know you as the soft gentle voice it's a big mistake where people think they have to copy other people's way of singing don't do that be your own voice that's why people love will that. love you. People will love you for you. Hi, Deborah. She said she always says that to her students. Good, I'm happy. Um, just be yourself because people are gonna like you and hire you for being your own voice, literally. I love you that. Know? That's an important message. Avram Freed is Avram Freed for his voice. You can't try and be the same voice. And and Betty is Betty for his voice. And Mordechai Shapiro is Mordechai Shapiro for his voice. You can't be a different singer. You have to find your voice. Don't be afraid. Don't self-doubt. Try and listen to yourself. You know, you, you feel like you're good. Trust yourself. They want you for you. And that's a, a big mistake is not to trust yourself and try and copy someone else. You know? Absolutely. And how about five? Okay, so the other one was hold on i'm just remembering i wrote it down by the way i wrote six down um <laughs> i'm trying to remember the other one the other mistake what a singer should never do they're all mistakes that i've done in the past and i learned from my mistakes so you know? i'm very what how else would you know they're mistakes exactly you know 
it's good. You learn from mistakes. Um, what was the verse that you told me earlier about? Sound, yeah, the verse we spoke about the sound system. You missed it. She's telling me the mistake of audio equipment. You missed it, Devara. I spoke all about audio equipment. Um, yeah, because Devara and I were talking about it last night about audio equipment. Well, yeah. someone's asking, do they pay for airfare? Everything is should be discussed in your negotiations, and yeah, you, it should not come oh. out. Yeah. If someone wants you to fly to Chicago for an event, they pay for your airfare. That, that's not even a question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's um, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, no. What? It's amateur to think that you want to go to Chicago on a night they need you there. Yeah, like what? But, <laughs> no. <laughs> I love it when they're like, we're, we're putting you up. I'm like, well, I have a house at home where I'm happily needed and want to be. So, yeah, please Especially, you know, I have my two little kids at home and, and my husband. Like, you can't just, like, leave for one night and, and you have to pay for your airfare as well. Like, no not happening <laughs> if i happen to be in the area you know like someone here is like oh w's in london now let's hire her fine i'm already there you know but to fly over for a gig no you pay <laughs> okay. um there was another mistake i wanted to tell everyone um you know what i can check because i wrote it on my notes how amazing on notes you write it down. amazing, but when all your devices are being used to record no, I, this. I, I, could, I could check it on my computer. Okay, great. Because in the meantime, I, anyone who's listening, I'll just uh, tell people how you can access the Francisco Show podcast. So for anyone who has an iPhone or Android, there's a podcast app. It's free. The Apple phones already have them. And then you search the Francisco Show. You click, click subscribe. And then all the episodes, we actually have our 100th episode coming out next month, which I'm really excited about. And uh, yeah, once you subscribe, you get notifications every time they come out. They're also available on YouTube. And you can stream them for my website also. Did you get your fifth one, Davi? What? Did you find your notes? Yeah, found it now. Wonderful. All right, here we go. Spoke about the agent. I spoke about the equipment. <laughs> I think my biggest nightmare was my agent hopping, like hopping from agent to agent until. It sounds like it was a traumatic experience. It also. was. It was traumatic because I literally had this strange on Instagram that it was very. You know, it was even traumatic for my husband. He saw me go through that. You know, just being. It's yeah. It's not fun. Um, what's with, up with my computer? It's not letting me click that. Okay, so let's just talk about the next thing I want to okay. discuss here. Okay, no problem. So you started this amazing The Dobby Show uh, throughout COVID, and that sort of has transformed your schedule a little bit, and this became a total new thing, and you, it's so popular, and you share your platform with so many other singers and other talented women. Talk about that and what have you learned through this experience? What do you feel has changed over the last okay, few months? Sure. So if you would have asked me like a month before COVID, if I'm going to have a, a W show, I would say like, nope, not in my plans. I'm busy. I'm not planning to start anything up. But COVID came and I was a little bit, not depressed, but I, w I was sad. My concert got canceled to Pesach. I had gigs lined up and they were all canceled. And I was really sad. And, and, and all my voice students said that, um, like a lot of them couldn't continue due to financial reasons because their parents' businesses shut down. And other ones, I teach a lot of very Hasidish people that don't have Wi-Fi access and they couldn't do virtual lessons with me. And it was really sad for me. And I was bored. And also not like, I, I was just like, I need fulfillment. You know, I love looking after my kids. I absolutely love them so much. But as a creative art, artsy person, I need to be busy all the time with new things. Like it's just, you know, like 
Do you get me? I totally get it. <laughs> My husband's like, why did you just sign up for this thing or start come up with this idea just, for this kind of project? I had even this conversation. You know Malky Weingarten? No. She's a comedian. She's a comedian and she's a film writer. So she, you know, I was, she lives near me. So we were like talking about it. We were like, we, we need to do something. We can't just sit and do nothing. So I was like, okay, so what should I do? Um, and then Bracha Jaffe casually invited me on an Instagram live one night. Like it was really lastminute.com. She was like, okay, I'm going to ask you some questions. You're going to ask me questions. We're going to sing. And, and we did it and I had so much fun. It was, it was like right after Purim, literally the week that we were all in lockdown. And I was like, Bracha, this is so fun. I want to do this again. So she was like, sure, invite me onto yours. So I did one and I invited her. Um, and, and we had a lot of fun. And I'm like, hey, this is so much fun. Like, okay, let me bring on more singers. So I was all into singers. So, you know, Francisca, you came on. So in the beginning, I used to bring on singers all the time. And then um, I got feedback from people that are not really into singing. And they're like, can you bring on comedians or actresses or, or like you just had shimmy right this week i didn't have shimmy no 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 i had okay, marion fine okay she's yeah. a comedian she's hilarious so i, I started branching sorry. out and and shimmy just had a baby girl actually muzzle tough yeah totally messed it up but i was watching don't worry. um so basically i started branching out and having different guests and all the shows were free because due to covid you know a lot of people didn't have income and we had to do it free. So I set up a donation link. Some people gave me donations after they watched the show if they liked it, but most people obviously didn't. And my Zoom during COVID, during the height of COVID, we're not, we're not over it, but I mean like, you know, in the height, height when everyone was literally locked up in the house and no one went out and, you know, I had every Zoom was maxed out, over a thousand people. And the donations that came through were maybe five people from each show <laughs> and i said they could they could give me like two dollars doesn't matter like just you know show appreciation but our instagram is going to end in half a minute oh no okay <laughs> basically it was something i didn't plan and you know what it helped me it really helped me a lot it it was something that just i think it got me more exposure and i didn't plan it which is amazing because it was spontaneous <laughs> Literally. So after this goes off, we're going to just restart it. But so I have actually like my, my notes pulled up. If you still want to hear the other mistake. Yeah. We'll do the last mistake and then we're going to yeah. close up. Okay. So the last one is that you have to know your crowd. You have to find your comfort zone. Your, what you, what type of songs you always want to sing. You can't be everything. Like you can't decide that you're going to be, um, a Hasidic singer and you're also going to be a Israeli singer and you're also going to be um, a Broadway singer and you you can't be everything. Choose your niche. Yeah, yeah. Very, very important. You have to, You also your crowd has to know who you are. You know, when they're hiring you, they're, they're like, oh, Dubby, oh, she sings like these type of songs. You have to know your crowd, know what type of songs you want to be basically know what you you want to be as a singer you have to think it through you can't just decide to like oh i want to please everyone you can't please everyone be your own type of genre and people will hire you for that like that's another mistake that people get scared they're like i have to like sing every type of song because otherwise um you know people are not gonna be satisfied but no be yourself you want to sing your own only your own originals stick to that you know you want to sing other people's songs stick to that if you, I think it's, it's, do you agree with that? Absolutely. I, yeah. well, first of all, it's the easiest, you know, go for what you're the best at and what you enjoy the most and don't focus on everything else. Focus on making that the best you can make it. Yeah. Like if you love singing only guitar country songs, stick to that. Don't try to be a pop singer, you know, yeah. like it's just very important. I find and, and, and why am I saying a mistake? Because yeah, when I started out singing, I had no clue. I was just like trying out single types of songs, but now I, I found my niche. I know what I sing. Um, and, and I know I'm not good at Hebrew. So I'm not gonna try and be a Hebrew singer. You know, I'm not good at it. I'll sound hilarious. People won't appreciate it. 
they prefer hearing it from a Hebrew singer. Do you know what I'm saying? Totally. So I, I stick to, I, I'm very good at English. <laughs> so I sing Why are you laughing? I'm saying I'm good at English. Most people here. <laughs> I don't know many languages. I really don't. I, I know two languages, Yiddish and English. That's it. Um, I know I know how to read Hebrew and that's it. That's why it goes. So I think, yeah, a big mistake is trying to be everything. Be, stick to one niche. Very important. Oh, yes. Okay. And, I'm, and I'm no business coach. I just learned from my own mistakes. Well, guess who is a business coach? You. <laughs> yes, I am. And I just love this conversation with you because it, it was also sharing your story, but it was all about bringing value and breaking down any stereotypes or myths people may have of someone like you. And I love the last one, especially, I loved all your, the mistakes that you learned from, but I love the last one. And not that you had to go through them, <laughs> but the fact that you're able to stand here today, sit here and teach that and explain this to other aspiring artists or, you know, existing artists, um, that it's a struggle. It never ends. Choose your niche, you know, keep working at it. And if people do want to hire you, how can they reach you? What's the best way? So I have my agent, Khami Weber. Um, she has an actually an Instagram account that is um, C-H-U-M-I-E web. So Khami Web. And then she also has a phone up. She has an email address that is Khami at stubbybound.com. So it's C-H-U-M-I-E at Dobbybound, D-O-B-B-Y-B-A-U-M.com. That's the email address you can reach out to. And she also shares her phone number that if you want to speak to her, better to email her first. And if you're serious about a gig, she'll give you her phone number and you can call her and speak to her. She's very easy to talk to and she's amazing. Khami Weber, shout out to you, my best agent. That's so awesome. that, that's the way to contact me for a gig. That's really great. I'm and also, so happy. I'm, such, yeah. I'm a big traveler. I love traveling. So if you bring me to other parts of the world, I'll be so happy. I'll buy another mug. <laughs> I another collect mug mugs. Or another mic. <laughs> I collect mugs from everywhere I go. <laughs> That's awesome. And for anyone who wants to reach me, uh, feel free to reach out to me on face, on Instagram, Francisca Music, and ask me all your questions there. I know there were lots of questions coming in. We obviously couldn't address everything, but I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I'm so happy to be connected with all of you. And Davi, thank you so much for we finally did this, for coming on to the show yeah. and sharing your story with us. Um, it's such an honor to be on here and I, I really had fun and I'm not nervous anymore. <laughs> That's great because we're done. And, <laughs> and I, I, wish wait, um, I yeah. will be in London um, from August 10th for two weeks. So if anyone in England or London wants me, I'll be there. You won't have to pay for my flight. So. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So... <laughs> that's a great way to take advantage and um yeah reach out to Dabi on instagram or directly to hubby book Dabi, and wish you we, we wish you much with everything amazing. you do Thank it's such you an honor Francis to be your friend. amazing and I, I could already imagine that you're an amazing business coach just from this whole <laughs> conversation today so anyone wants to have some coaching on how to be successful Go to Francisca. I love that. And I'm happy to talk to you too because you sound like so much fun to talk to. Thanks. So we'll be in touch. And hope we meet one day. Time. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Okay. Have a good one, Take everyone. Care. Thanks. Thank you, everyone, for joining. This will be available on the podcast, as I said. And Are you saving it to IGTV? I am, but I think I might take it down in a day or so. Okay. And then post the link to the podcast because that's where we have all the information before Amazing. now. Okay. All right. Great. Thank you so much. Thanks Don't forget so to much. send me the recording. And thanks again so much for listening until the end. I really hope this episode was extremely valuable to you. I know it was valuable to me. And the whole idea of our new episodes is all about how we can share stories, but also bring value to you and educate you more and give you all the tools and strategies and everything you need 
for what you are doing because now that I've been doing this podcast for almost three years, I know more about you, the listener, and what you're looking to do with your business or with your hobbies, and we are customizing this for you, and I'm so happy you keep coming back. I am so happy you are reaching out. That's been its whole challenge of in itself, figuring out who is listening, why you're listening, and what you keep coming back for. So I hope I am serving you. I really, really put my heart and soul into this. I hope you enjoy this. If you do, please reach out to me. Let me know. You can also follow me on Facebook, on Instagram. Now, obviously, the Artpreneur Facebook community group where I hold trainings and sometimes I just talk about different concepts. Catch me on Instagram. Sometimes I'm doing random lives with cool different things. For example, a week ago, I showed you, I brought you into my studio and I showed you how I record a cover. So that was super fun. And in general, just be in touch. I love it. I hope you love it too. Please subscribe to this podcast and also share this podcast with your friends, with people you think that may benefit from hearing this content. Also, I love hearing your suggestions. And a quick reminder, if you would like to join my absolutely free challenge that is taking place next week, a four-day training on how to earn an extra $1,000, please message me. Send me your email address and you will be able to join. See you next time.